0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Edges podcast. I'm your host, Brian Peters. I can't say enough good things about the human and the monster we have on the podcast today, Rudy Reyes. He's a very decorated recon marine, an actor, an author, a conservationalist, a man of many hats, and a man of extensive life experience, which we talk about on the podcast, his range and his upbringing, the hardships he had there, and how he used his environment and anything you get his hands on to carve himself into the animal that he was, and eventually became the super Hero that he created in his own soul, and we talk about his combat, his combat experience, his combat character, his transitioning from that. But the back half of the podcast is absolutely phenomenal, where we start talking about identity, faith, and the respect of suffering, and the respect of a value system to uh, to navigate modern society today. Truly elite conversation. He's a truly elite thinker in mind, a very conscious human, and you'll hear that throughout the podcast. But there's a bunch of nuggets in here and i hope you enjoy boom what's going on in your world man
1: man so much and i've got off camera jade giving me hand and arm signals i have no idea what she's talking about what is it baby okay great man brother it's just um well health is fantastic um
0: Yeah. You're glowing, dude. And yoked yoked as always. Not too bad, but I'm getting some
1: weight. This is the biggest I've ever been. I think my metabolism has finally slowed. Um, I'm 51. I just turned 51 and I think it's finally slowed down. So now I'm not at the traditional Rudy Reyes, 3% body fat. Now I'm around six. You know Uh what I mean?
0: I mean there, there's arguments all over the place with that. I, I was reading some research the other day on the fact that like really I mean I guess you're right at the threshold of it where um our metabolism doesn't really slow, like we slow, we stop moving. And so
1: I agree with you. That's what it is. The level yeah. of activity, Brian, you just freaking nailed it. I was wondering why um why I've gained some weight. Um and and then I reflect about when I was, uh, for most of my life, I've been between 165 pounds and 175 pounds, occasionally getting up to 180. I was doing so much running and swimming. I was doing so much, um, so much physical work, just getting information from point A to point B in the field, uh, on a timeline. So brother my legs glutes core working all the time running around and then of course competing competing in sport competing in uh, endurance work competing in fighting and then competing in combat the level of output was just so immense no wonder I stayed at 170 pounds 175 pounds um, and now I've got a touch back to it because now that I'm doing SAS who dares wins and now the american version special forces world's toughest test i am in the field running the uh selection so brother it's it's 20 hour days leading from the front showing no pain making it all look effortless bomb freaking uh, 300 foot repels through waterfalls helo casting from helicopters i am the red man so i stay in the center and i fight to you know, if it was up to me, to the death, yeah, to recruit one after another, brother. I come out of that uh, process lean again, slender again, and uh, so I finally figured it out. You're exactly right. It's not that metabolism slows down or activity slows down, and um, and that's what it's interesting. The name of your pod, uh, the name of your your program and uh and i'm thinking about my edge i'm thinking about that and
0: well, well, that's like that's where Go we ahead. always we that's where we always start the podcast and we're just kind of ripping and rolling anyways yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah like i mean where like where in your world right now are you chasing edges like where are you learning and growing like what like yes, what sure. excites you yeah what's so interesting what is
1: most engaging and frightening and uh honest is that this new edge of mine is the new edge for me is facing the, the coming future, not being the most elite athlete. Mm. And whoa, like not being the best athlete, not being the best fighter, um, not being, um, not being the best war fighter because, The wear and tear that it's that it took to be that um hero in that space for a set amount of time that wear and tear is now showing up and um and b do you remember when we did i think we did a a summer strong one of the early ones one of the first ones i went to and uh and we always have a competition and i was like a monster
0: Yeah. Uh, Even though
1: I was, I was kind of undersized compared to the rest of the power athletes like yourselves, but I was a monster. I was in the running and I think I was 42, right? About 42.
0: Yeah. looked 27, but yeah. Thanks brother.
1: Thanks brother. (laughs) The volume that I had been able to keep up my entire life. Um, I hadn't, um, I didn't get the bill in the mail yet for the knee. For the for the for the arthritis in the wrist, for this strange tendonitis that got into my forearm after a couple of bouts of COVID, probably because I jumped into training so hard because I was so down for three weeks. So so now, brother, uh, it's 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 a very interesting space knowing that I'm handing off the the baton to the younger generation uh, warrior athlete scholars and now i uh i almost feel in a good way i feel like an old man in a good way meaning how am i developing and creating a a place and a space and a network for the next generation I feel that's where I should be. That's where I want to be. I think it's natural for me to be there now, yet I will not give up the ghost. I was at Sornex yesterday and I did an hour and a half straight of working as hard as I could on the freaking water bag, assault on your soul bike and jump rope. And I I have these little games I play with myself. I don't do rounds. I do songs. And no Mm. matter what, as long as the song is going, I'm going 100%. And then like Led Zeppelin comes on it's a seven minute long song and I'm on the assault bike. Oh, bro, I was getting <laughs> spiritual with it. And that's what I told myself just yesterday, getting spiritual. And I feel a little leaner just,
0: yeah. just from yesterday. The, just the shoulders popping, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know what I mean? I mean? I will not give it up. I will not give it up. However, I am uh, framing, how do I create a legacy and still um, model vitality For us all, as we're getting older, it's it's a really interesting place that I'm at. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, but I think you're also like this really special vessel to do so because one, you've sustained like like I just had Matt winning on the podcast, like legendary powerlifter. And so, but he, like, he kind of has this recipe for how, like, obviously you want to find like the right person, the smart person doing it, but you also want to find somebody to model after that has stayed at this elite level performance for a very long time. And like, I did the same thing in the NFL where, okay, like these guys that are eight, 10, 12, 14 years in the league, those aren't accidents. Like they've figured out, some type of recipe to you're exactly right brother. have the have this level of elite performance for a long period of time and you and you're exactly you've, right uh in, in essence done it for 30 years almost yeah. in, in that yeah. realm and it's and uh, i'm i'm just i'm, I'm glad hyped to-
1: you're talking training i'm glad well, you're talking training because that's one thing i can really speak upon
0: well that's well i like i'm hyped to talk to you for the simple sense because like one like you won your, your freak show. And like, by, by, by by freak show, I mean, like you have, you have this incredible foundation of discipline, Work ethic and everything that shows up and like i like people like the book the body keeps the score but i like the literal sense like the body keeps the score like i don't need to know anything about you but at 51 years old i can look at you and say that guy knows how to work he has discipline and you can't go to those dark places and training for that long period of time and not have a like a spiritual understanding of yourself your the understanding of your dark place and how to I like, consistently beat that inner bitch talking, like telling you to be soft again. And so all this stuff shows up and yeah, you got the bill for that in essence, like over time, but also you've solved this problem for 30 years. And now that's led to this level of wisdom that I think gives you the perfect platform now to again, share back with the younger generation. And obviously like, I do think like your mindset's elite too. And we'll, we'll get into the whole spectrum of you because now, you know
1: what, you're exactly right on it. I got um, I've got the on the the uh, ledger, on the ledger of life, I've got some information, and you're exactly right. I just had my first knee surgery, um, and i've I've always naturally just had really robust knees, and I bet you there's a correlation to my middle body size because mm. I'm a middle-sized guy never that heavy so there must be a correlation to um the the wear and tear um because i was lighter and i could be explosive meaning exploding into the ground with the feet and then add on 10 years of carrying 110 150 and on uh, and this is documented on some combat operations i carried 220 pounds on my back yeah And that's where the, and it was just a meniscus, a little thing, I guess I was so robust and so disciplined that, uh, I I tore it or I tore it in Fallujah, uh, in a firefight, taking fire effortlessly jumping off of the roof. And then when I landed, I just felt a little, a little ting, and then ducked my shoulder rolled out, stayed right in the fight. And I, I I was carrying a slick load, which means battle load. It's only like seventy pounds. Now throw on seventy pounds, talk, you're like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used to think I was. I felt like I felt like a ballerina yeah. with just my combat load, right? And it didn't flare up till three years ago. Hmm. Like I mean, so you're right. Actually, it's that's a proof of concept that. Um, the modalities of training and the approach to training, um, and the first element, of course, is discipline. Something about what I've been doing is working. And uh, I don't have a slew of doctors. I, didn't, I, you know, I don't have massage therapists and things like this. How have I, in a very um, ancient Spartan way, but with a mind of uh, uh, pursuing quantum physics, been able to keep this going? And uh, and 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 some of the tendonitis—it's—it's uh, uh, it's because I love using these grips. You see, I'm always doing ring work, and I'm always gripping. I'm always using my hands. Um, probably, um, you know, from some injuries, I'd cut off my finger and had it reattached. This this pinky, and that's why it, that's why it doesn't bend. So I've made uh, adaptations. I've got this like certain um, a muscle right here in the in the elbow and forearm due to just using this first digit. However, over an immensity of life, these discrepancies show up, but I, I you brought up a great concept. They, they're just information on my ledger. What am I going to do with that information? So I've changed, I've changed up some of my training brother. Um, uh, Man, if I, I, I thought about what I was going to give the secret about what I do every other day which is the mainstay of my workout every other day this is what i do Um, probably from using fists from from fighting and martial art and gripping so much when um, uh, my hands don't do my wrists don't do really well when they're just flat like this probably due to the overdevelopment of, of forearm muscle and uh and so much impact that i put on the wrists so Uh, When I do push-ups, any kind of pressing, I make sure the hand is in an ergonomic position. So this is my recipe, brother. So the Tabata protocol is traditionally 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Body weight exercise, something that you can do volume, right? Yeah. And for eight rounds. Just in case maybe Tabata was taking it easy, I add 30 seconds on, 10 seconds off. So first of all, I do 30 seconds on, 10 seconds off. Eight rounds. And it starts with, I put dumbbells on the deck because when I put my hands on the weight part of these hexagon rubber cheap dumbbells, my hands are relaxed. Yeah. Eight rounds of Hindu pushups with rad music. Eight rounds. And around six or seven, I'm getting really fatigued, but now really, really coming up high at the final push. Somebody asked me what I do for triceps. I never do tricep work except this quantum big stuff. Also, when you shift your hips back and your feet are splayed, uh, you are stretching hams and glutes uh, at the rear of the exercise and extending spine. Now, as you're dipping down, you're getting spinal flexion. And at the final push up, uh, I'm getting some release in the hip flexors and the psoas. And by doing that continuously in this circle, it's opening up the body and I'm getting some great chest shoulder tricep development. Then i um, I resist the urge to collapse and I stand and start walking, listening to my music. And then I set up for my next Tabata, which is a push up, knee tuck mm. eight rounds. Now chest shoulders, upper body is pre-fatigued so, I'm utilizing a lot of abdominal work to support this movement. But then I think, no, I want to keep pushing with that chest. Now I get quantum with that. After that, I listen to music. I walk around a little bit more. The next Tabata is straight up push ups. Now, I used to believe if you did push ups from your knees, um, then you've quit. I found myself doing Tabata on my push ups, fatigued, and now. Um, Core and balance is breaking a little bit, and I'm taking some rest at the top, at the top, but uh, trying to grind out a few more. It's always by uh, round two or three, because the first round I do 30. Wham, 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 wham. Second round, I'm doing 15. Third round, I'm getting five. So I dropped to my knees. This only started about a year ago, and then kept the volume up. Holy smokes, I was feeling new things happening. And then the next round, I'm able to get up to full position for a push-up position, uh, so on and so forth. So now I've done three Tabatas. Now the last one is mountain climber. All of this is pre-fatigued. I'm having to stabilize and I'm getting spiritual now because legs are getting blown out. And I put socks on. So I'm not jumping with it. I'm sliding and thinking about my relationship of pushing on the deck with the toe the entire time almost like I'm pushing the world away from my, with my legs, with my toes. After those four are done, I'm in, it's 25, 30 minutes. I am freaking, whoa. And then I'll get into some strength and that will be a pull-up, a ring, muscle-up, a um, dumbbell, a clean, strict squat uh, thruster. Now my workout's about forty-five minutes long. I'm I'm really blasted, and then I'll do a little bit of tools, uh, shadow boxing, and I, and I have a great uh, standalone heavy bag now that I just got, and work tools. That gets me so there, you know, it gets me there. Sometimes I only train every other day. Other times, the next day, I will just do volume work, like sprint work at 70%, warm up to 70, start at 40, start with skip drills first, warm up from 40 to 70, and then do intervals. And then cut back my recovery time between those intervals. And then when I go to the Disneyland of strength, when I go to X HQ, it's got everything for me. So I utilize um, uh, the AstroTurf. I utilize um, the Uppercut bag. I utilize the assault on your soul bike i utilize that rusty creaky ass freaking Versa climber outside in the back yeah and so so basically i'm ha- so basically i am going through dante's inferno to get to heaven yeah and that's my approach brother and that and i guess it's working well it's beautiful <laughs> well, well,
0: but, well, but it, it's beautiful and like so i mean like there's so many ways we like, can approach that one just the The intuitive nature of your training is awesome. Like, like the movement pattern of the first Tabata, like keeping again, you get, you go back through like spine mobility. You're keeping the front of the body open on top of developing all this hypertrophy strength. So like, it's very efficient way to train and you're, and we're talking body weight stuff or again, mostly body
1: weight these days, brother.
0: Yeah. And like that's and I think people sleep on that, particularly like, again, as what you can say, age, time become a factor or people just find excuses that, oh, I don't have the gym equipment, whatever it ends up being. Because, again, like there's not a lot of people and I hate and I'm not going to keep saying your age because like I think age is kind of trash and that is just another excuse Um, because you've been able to do it for so long and you've prioritized it. And like, you have, again, a million other things on your plate, but you've obviously made this a priority. And not only again, it's not even like an attendance equals achievement thing. Like you're going there to slay the beast, like you're going there to tackle that demon. And like, uh, so I guess, um, because the, the, the training awesome. Um, but the consistency over a lifetime, I think obviously shows up in this category is a habit. And it's also a habit that you've like, whether I think, you know it in general, but it's a very adaptable habit, like the movement patterns, but also.
1: Everywhere in the world, I use the same thing. Brother, yeah. I can, I, I'm in i I'm in a hotel in Taiwan. I am in the jungle of Vietnam. I am in the desert of Jordan. Um, no matter where I'm at, there is no, man, it's so interesting. So every time I drive by someplace or walk by, a place and it's a hand railing that's at a 90 degrees, you know, for 35 years, I have used those as my dip station. Yeah. So when I was a kid and, and uh, right after I got out of the boys home, you know, there was, there was no, I, I didn't have any equipment. I had nothing. I had, um, I had what was around me. I learned to find things in the environment to car- carve and create myself. So there, it, brother, I've learned like, you know, the thing at the, in the, in the hotel room that you open up so you can put your luggage on. Yeah. I use that thing for, uh, I I'll put my feet up on the table, bring my hips high and I'll dip down low. So I'm hitting some high chest on it. So, so there's ways brother, the body is the gym, my man. And, and, yeah. and I know it's not glamorous and I think maybe that's why us in the first world, Uh, eschew uh, the ancient calisthenics because it's not glamorous and by the way it doesn't impress your friends because when you're doing it it's not impressive because they don't know how freaking hard you're working and it's not obvious because they don't see the load on the bar or the sled Um, but brother obviously it is it's a gem it's a gem to put in your toolbox for sure
0: yeah and the, i mean the body keeps the score like look what physique you've been able to maintain obviously yeah. you're trying to experiment different things but just to rewind because i i i really like your the mute like the go by song concept yeah. Yeah. well what, what just what it makes you again like again like i look at competition as like this multi-variable field that you'll never be able to predict
1: so mm-hmm. just inserting mm-hmm. that
0: into your training because you never know how long some fights are going to take. Some are you're one exactly punch. Some.
1: Right. And you're so exactly right. You're exactly right.
0: And so you're training to be incredibly adaptable, capable. And so, but you're at the whim of the next song on the shuffle. Yes. And I like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> And so, but it's, but it's, it's glorious. And I think it's a really cool thing because we get so rigid and, oh, I got to follow my sheet yes. or, and so like building those things in, but, and then the transition I wanted to make just because we've talked about it before, but you i hear you starting isolating muscles like in different movement patterns you're very conscious and intentional with what's firing when and another and you were uh i I can't remember how many days notice you did the marathon on oh uh uh,
1: i i I did uh i showed up 10 minutes before the race and got my tennis shoes yeah i got a, a week notice i hadn't done distance in probably five years
0: and, 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 and I did up, it
1: three hours and fifty five minutes. I guess to the hardest marathon there is the Boston.
0: Marathon. Yeah, <laughs> but but and, and and like obviously like even and what we're talking about like some people may think is we'll call, call it crazy. I think crazy and obsessed are words that are just thrown around by the lazy and, and undisciplined. Well said. Well said. And or so the
1: fearful. That, or the fearful.
0: Yeah, and and they and they're really just scared of their own potential, and like mm-hmm. they're—it's more of a shame that mm-hmm. comes out in a form of uh, we'll call it hate. But besides the point, sure. but um, but like those are my favorite humans because they're the extremists, are the people that are chasing edges in their life. They want to know what their potential is. They want enough That's experience, right. or they want to share and give back enough of what they've That's learned. Right. And like, that's another edge, or like, they want to learn how to love deeper in a relationship. Like, that's, that's another right. edge. Like, that's like life is this curiosity for a deeper, more meaningful experience in my world. So, it's just absolutely, like
1: absolutely, brother. You're nailing it, brother. That's that's it. I'm, uh, I mean, we are uh, still, even in our skill set and our ability, and we're always, I mean, you know, you and I are, are always the strongest, most powerful dude in the room. Unless we're fucking summer strong,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we're right there. We're yeah. in the running, yeah, all around. <sighs> we are adjusting and questioning our identity every day because we are in the training hall, the training hall of the mind of the soul. Whether it's the uh, whether the training hall is physically manifested with a with a gym and and um and equipment or a a combine or it's just us alone we are in the training hall and we are um sometimes with trepidation because we know we're going to go into a place that we may never have been before and this is daily it it, it, when when no one's watching i mean you know this is uh this is a very intimate journey and we are questioning our identity and um um, Adapting our identity every day—if that's not the most courageous edge, there is—I don't know what is.
0: That's a I I fucking love that. It's a because like I, and it's showed up on the podcast recently in really cool ways that I, I I like to talk about because I talk about this with guys I coach and just people in my circle in general. Where uh, I've had an Olympian Olympian on where she talks about life as all these little let goes. Um, of your identity instead of like building up this massive identity of again, special operator or NFL player when really like your whole life is a transition. Uh, It's uh, whether it's from daughter to mother to grandmother or this title, this title, this title, like life. And then Brian McKenzie got on here and dropped some knowledge on me where he said, you, you can never, it's a, it's an impossibility to identify with something that can change. And then and then which I which I was like, boom, lights. And then how I like approach it and how I work with my transition. We had a really cool talk, like, whether you knew it or not, you had a, a big impact on my transition because of a talk at SummerStrong. But um, I identify like I basically I teach guys to identify with their capability and what you just and what you just articulated, like the questioning of your identity constantly in this training practice and this training mindset of life is is i think very similar because guys again struggle with the identity everybody puts like their resume together and like so you're identifying with these titles your entire life and then uh one of my other favorite approaches to it is anthony de where it's like like you you don't like i don't um like i don't you don't go to the restaurant to uh eat the menu like you go to experience yeah. the human and so I can tell you, Brian Peters, performance coach, NFL player, Northwestern grad, whatever, like that's the menu. That's not me. My, well my mind's my capability and my experience and what you're talking about in the world of capability for adaptation and to go and compete and battle a world that is the world of the unknown because you don't know what's coming on. There's so many variables and different humans and perspectives that the only way I can defend my soul is to be incredibly capable in the violence world and the peace world and everywhere in between. So that again, my training reflects my capability, which is my identity, not the, not the I'm Rudy Reyes, like get locked into the Marine Corps, like not the the resume,
1: not the menu. Yeah. Those are very static definition definitions of a quantum experience. Um, I'm with you, brother. And I am on that freaking edge right now. It is, I've never been in this place. Um, Brother, I've got some financial stability. I've been with the same woman for almost five years. And it's incredible. I have a dog. I have two cats. The love of my life is this little female cat named Pants. And, uh, and, and I have, Work and some big work ahead that's affecting millions of people. Um, I've never been in a place in which I care so much about the limited number of days I have left on the planet. Mm. I think when I was even when, when we first met, and you know, you've got to know quite a few of us operator brothers, and if you remember us. You know, five, seven years ago, um, we were still very, uh, um, as a whole, unafraid of death. Um, possibly even, possibly even angry at the possibility. So we were uh, pushing ourselves physically, uh, mentally, spiritually, and then oftentimes in the negative way uh to basically uh to to give the middle finger to our mortality which also means a little bit of a middle finger to our responsibility mm-hmm. and i think that's from the extremities that we've been in and uh the moral physical spiritual psycho psycho emotional extremities um doing hard, hard stuff, and then having to compartmentalize any emotional attachment to it. And uh, after a while, um, with your left and right lateral limits, it'd be like when you're playing football, brother, and, 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 and it's a mile between each sideline, you know? Um, and then when somebody tells you uh, to go forward, you're like, well, what forward do you want? I mean, it's a mile that way and a mile that way. I can go any forward I want now. And it can create a pathos and it can create uh, pain. Um, I was there for some time. Um, and I was one of the good ones. Like you, you talked to the brothers that knew me as a warfighter and before I was one of the very good ones, meaning I had a clear definition of morality and uh, ethics and character and um, you know, when I took prisoners um, immediately, when I, when I could see, uh, imagine, you know, you're seeing a, another fellow human being uh, that you've just just destroyed his freaking comrades and may have wounded him. And the moment you take control of him and you have him, uh, you know, five S's and a T and he's secured... I recognized the pure fear in that man's eyes and that I was in total control and I could not help, but have empathy and compassion. I could not help it. Um, I was that guy, but over time and probably being in, you know, Fallujah and Ramadi, which was so bloody and dangerous. And, uh, uh even that started going away. Cause I, I did not even have the emotional space to do that. Not anymore and i and there were after effects of that and then and then being and then imagine the the hubris that comes from coming out of you know afghanistan and pakistan iraq and over and over and coming out still looking like a, a greek god almost laughing at death and and yet intimately knowing how how real it is it skew it can skew you and i think uh and, you know, we've had a lot of, pro, a lot of hurt that's manifested in, in um, drug abuse uh, um, and then suicide. And uh, I was very close. I was, uh, I was uh, struggling and I started drinking at 37. I never drank alcohol in my life till 37 years old. And then immediately got into hard drugs, pushing myself because I was angry, angry at myself. And then laying waste to everything around me. And um and and then suicide. I was very I lost the ability to see my son because I was probably dangerous. The truth is, at the time I didn't see it. Um, and I was right there and um, and by the grace of God, and I would also have to say it, the discipline of training, you know, even when I was on the edge, I was still training all the time, and at least for that one moment, I was being honest and truthful with myself and uh, and then I just felt a voice when, um, when I had my pistol in my hand. And, and then right there, I just said, I'm turning it around. That's simple. I said, I'm turning it around. Uh, Force Blue, I created Force Blue. Next thing you know, I'm working again. I'm brought in also into the family of strength. Uh, interesting the parallels because I thought that it was just us uh, war fighters. I found all our NFL and powerlifter and all Olympian sports people were all going to do the same thing because they've been at that edge and they push boundaries that most people can't relate to. And we found ourselves together. And then I met my woman. And then um, the culmination of the discipline and the work, I had done a project in the UK. Uh, it was called Once Upon a Time in Iraq. It was a documentary. And, uh, and I worked on it for over three years and forgot about it. Like we do our training. I mean, in some ways we can remember every single freaking rap and every freaking day. And other times it just floats by because it's just who we are. Uh, it, uh, won the Oscar in the UK and then the SAS called me two years ago and brother since then, um, rocket ship, rocket ship. And, and, um, and so I, I really believe that I'm, I'm here and that God has graced me through everything to to be of testimony, to be of testimony, um, and, and to shine a light for all of us. And uh and that means first shining a light for me. And that's that pushing the edge and and addressing identity on a daily basis. It's been absolutely wonderful. I've never been better in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh <clears throat> I mean, that's so incredible in so many different ways. In that realm, just <clears throat> like, I like the idea of testimony in general and, and like, and even how it shows up in the Bible, but the ability to, again, have the awareness to, again, it's basically like you can't pour from an empty cup, like to mm-hmm. ma- maintain the testimony and identity and self, and then like prioritize sharing and inspiring and doing X, Y, and Z in all different categories. So I think that's really special because. I also, one of my kind of mottos that keeps me giving back in different categories is that like help and support are not yours to keep. Well said. And, and so in that capacity, like, like you always need to help yourself and you always need to prioritize that. But then realizing the span of a lifetime, how many people have helped and supported you. And I, you come across some people where when, if they, they become stagnant because they've kept all this help and they've kept th- things so that there's an imbalance in their soul where they think, in essence, like it's not this free flowing of energy person to person, when really like that's how we feed each other. And again, it's it can be in words, it can be in energy, it can be in physical touch, it can be in all these things. And I just think that's really, really special meeting humans that, again, have the ability to give and take and then have been to dark places and can share that and give that testimony because like that, like again, like we don't have to rehash many of your story. But when I was like, I, I happened to be at Summer Strong like after I knew I was done playing football and wasn't in a good place. And sure. uh, and your and your analogy, the sidelines were a mile away, and I wasn't. Yeah. Ex, I was I was fearful of that. I wasn't excited and curious about e- even like getting closer to a sideline. Sure. Like I didn't, I'm the with weight, you, brother. I'm yeah, with the weight wa- the weight of that freedom. Like, because like, I was, again, I was in a financial place to so, like, I should be incredibly grateful and curious mm-hmm. about these things. But the way to the freedom was just like, it was still an identity that I haven't even approached my identity outside of football.
1: I'm with and, you, brother.
0: Yeah. So in that realm, like you were really helpful in like giving testimony to your story up to that point. And so that's like my, I mean, my respect for you has been there from the jump, just seeing, yeah, brother, again, we hit it off like peas and work. carrots yeah. from jump, yeah. brother. I know, but. But like, but I think it. I think it is really cool. Um, your journey in essence, as far as like, because what what I saw initially was this multi-dimensional human, um, obviously capable of savagery. Training. Um, I knew a little bit about your history, um, on deployments and that kind of thing. But then you sat. You had the ability because I was talking breath. We were talking breath at the time. That's right. And you immediately made the breath spiritual. And so you have a spectrum of not just like violence but peace. And obviously, that those type of humans always intrigue me in general. But where, as far as your journey, where did that like, where did that again? Uh, you
1: know what? Balance the joy, the spectrum show up. Yeah. yeah, that joy. I think um, I heard Doctor Jordan Peterson express something about joy that joy uh, can even live uh, outside of happiness because it's so profound. Hmm. And um, it's so enlightening and, and, and booing of spirit um, when we're suffering or we've had a loss, uh, whether on the gridiron or a family member or um, in an opportunity that you uh, th- that you really were counting on, uh, you know, um, a joy that we are still standing upright, that we still have the ability to look at the sky and, and that, uh, that we're breathing this spirit ourselves. It's a, a state of joy. And it's interesting as I've gotten older, I just saw my mother for the first time in 20 years. And I come from an extremely damaged uh, background. Um, I'm, I'm listening to Dr. Peterson express about elements it takes to create a, an able child in which uh, the child will have tools to navigate this, this thing called life. Cause it's it's a full contact sport, brother. Life is full contact, dog. And uh, I I think back to my childhood. Do you know my man? When I was in seventh grade, and I'd been probably to ten different schools by then, shuffled around to different people, and then um, foster care right before the boys' home. Um, I didn't know why. It's probably because I was so sick. I uh, I had. Um, hepatitis from living in garbage, and malnutrition. So I also had really bad ringworm all over me. And, you know, I I was not really educated at at that time about the immune system and such. All my brothers and I, we all had lice and worms too. So we were really attrited, really, really attrited. Uh, Brother, I, I lived... To, to to read and reread my X Men comics and something about the X Men about these these band of misfits that that everybody looks down on and are on the on the edge of society are still saving the world and uh, I would go across the street to the shabby freaking park we lived in this heavy drug infested joint down in Corpus Christi and. Uh, one of the walls to our house was missing. I mean, it was rough, man. Uh, I would do my pull-ups and my dips and train, and I would I, I would look at Spider-Man and 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 Wolverine and my X-Men and my Spidey. Those were my two favorite comics, and I would look at their moves and I would try to imitate them. It, very very sick, and I always smelled garbage because I was I had sepsis. Uh, it did it, it did not deter me uh, through th- through through this art and through the ability and through the gift that we're still standing and we're still able to move. I was, I was in love with joy and I was pushing myself towards it. And brother, when I got to the boys home and I got antibiotics and some new teeth and a haircut and some church clothes and, um, three square meals a day and all the snacks I wanted to eat because we do have to uh, take care of the the lawn, the kitchen. Uh, we, we run the boys home, we work and I'm able to eat. And if my grades are good, I can freaking be on the wrestling mat and, and compete. Holy smokes. I exploded brother. I was the strongest kid by far in, in multiple weight classes above me, uh, the robust skeleton and muscles just started blooming. Um, and and I've just never looked back. I've just never looked back, brother. And uh, just always that state of grace. That state of grace. And I and I think back. So sometimes I have tough times now with with the uh, finance or or um, with um, an injury, and I still have to go perform in the jungle for two months in in, in Vietnam uh, or. I've got to say goodbye to jade and and, you know she gets emotional because I'm she's not used to my deployments like they used to be. and um, and then, of course, my family members, some of my family members that are haters because they think I'm too good for them, you know all this this type of stuff. I revert back and I think about that seventh grader. That super stud with, with no teeth and a rotted infection, ringworm all over himself. I had to cut my own hair, look like a freaking complete nerd. And, and, and I wore my cousin's two size, two big freaking shoes because that's all I had. And I still went across the street to do my pull-ups and dips. I think back to that freaking hero. And then it makes everything pretty easy. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, dude, and that's magic in the sense that, like, I I love the personal narrative, like the hero's journey. In oh, general. for
1: sure. Oh, and, yeah. Joseph Campbell, brother, he hit it. It's right yeah. on the money. It's the truth.
0: And it's uh, but you and the cool thing is that you emulated the the heroes and you and but also you you've been to like again. I I, I like uh, what is, it's not Angela Duckworth, but the uh, book Grit. I haven't read it for a while, but a lot of people's fortitude and grit can be measured back to like some of their childhood uh, and in essence, like their hardships as a child. And like, obviously you still revisit that, which is powerful, but also going from that again that seventh grader that ringworm infested seventh grader (laughs) to to literally a superhero and like i've I've heard some uh, like some of the boys tell some of your war stories and that kind of thing and it literally sounds like a modern day rambo brother I,
1: I, i was i was i had completely embraced the archetype and i allowed nothing else but that and and that's why i was so successful in that realm interesting enough due to my obsession of manhood it uh stunted me in other areas eventually when i was out of that uh, community and space and it took me about 10 years Um, and that may be a testament to why focused training and focused um, ambition is so important in our youth uh, and why mentors are equally as important because one day when you're off the gridiron one day when I no longer am carrying a rifle for work um, we're going to need the mentorship slash maturity to uh, now pick up the things that we've left to the side for some time and I think that's I think that is the most healthy progression for men I can only speak for ma- men because I'm a man uh, We. To be fully actualized, we must have that decades-long investment and direction in one thing. And sure, some other parts of us may not be integrated, but uh, with excellence, you will attract the the old King Leonidas, the old mentors that have been there through the same journey and help you pick up those things to be uh, well-rounded as we move into our middle age and older age.
0: Yeah. And that's, and the cool underlying theme there, even through your roller coaster of a life is this, this discipline of training and it, that's uh, and,
1: first and foremost, brother.
0: And I, and I think that, like, I think that does get lost. Cause like, like, I, I don't want to attack the whole system, but like participation in sports is down things like that. When really, like, I think the weight room is one of the best teachers on the planet. I, I think then obviously, like I think, fatigue is like what makes some of the like like obviously what's the saying? Fatigue fatigue makes cowards of, of us all. Of us all, That's men right. men in good condition have more courage to spare, and and that well and said. That, in that category, like we like we need more courageous men at this time, and I think like I I, I don't think I truly believe that training. Is something that every human should adopt to know their own potential, but also to understand that, like, I can face fatigue. I, like, I'm saying mental, spiritual, emotional, yes. and physical fatigue and still push forward with these value systems that have been instilled since Leonidas, like old problems, old problems, have old solutions. Like, like the Socrates was complaining about how bad kids are these days, same as we are. (laughs) And so like, this is not a new problem, but it still, it still deserves the same amount of courageous respect and courageous mentorship for our youth to keep again, keep the boat going in the right direction.
1: That's right, brother. You know, I'm uh, new in the faith. Um, I, uh, I, I believed and was taught because when, you know, we're, I'm Mexican American, we're Catholics. And, and so um, I went to mass when I was little, but I had a good life till about seven years old and uh, read all the Bible stories. We used to have little books of Bible stories and then on TV when Moses would come on and, and there was a mini series back in the seventies called the Bible. And it was like a five day miniseries, And, and then I think through uh, the very difficult time in my childhood and then adolescence um, I was, I, I remember praying for help and, you know, I, I didn't see it come in the form that I thought it would come. So I started just counting on myself and I got heavy into Zen Buddhism and Zen Buddhism, Zen Buddhism is an incredible practice. Um, the thing that's slightly different about Buddha and Zen Buddhism and Christianity is, I believe because the Zen Buddhism came out of uh, India and then really flourished in China and then Japan and and, and other places in the Far East, um, they had such an extreme caste system that no matter what your intelligence or your uh, talents and capabilities are, you can only go so far. So they really focused on breaking down limitations of value systems so that you can break down value system of what is good and bad. I believe possibly from my own experience, so that people that are stuck forever in poverty can somehow alleviate the pain of being poor and being slaves okay and it's incredibly valuable this tool this Zen buddhism and and i absolutely adore the dalai lama and my shaolin monks also shaolin kung fu is what really got me into it because they're fighting monks they're fighting monks they fight they fight to defend uh it was a beautiful mixture of putting pain aside from my impoverished upbringing and um and the fear I had of this modern new world, like, look, I have a nice suburban house now and stuff like this. I, I never had any experience with that. So I, it was fearful to me. I had no idea even how to dream of something like this kind of stability. Um, and therefore I, I just chose uh, I chose to not uh, even think about it because I didn't even know how to approach the journey on that. Um, the, and then in Christianity, What's interesting, so many of the precepts are the same. But the quantum leap from G, that Jesus Christ comes and says, I will stand for what is right, and this is what is right, and, this is what, and, and I will not stand for what is wrong. And I am sacrificing myself. Actually, it's the greatest thing that I can do for you And it's something that cannot be denied. So please, brother, accept these values because you know it to be true because I'm willing to die in the worst way for you. It puts a line in the sand. It puts a flag on the beach. And in this wild ass world, we must have a clear-cut value system. And those left and right lateral limits, your freaking sidelines need to be clearly defined if you want to go forward. And forward is the only way. This, this has been a quantum leap for me. Uh, two year, uh, Jade's uh, been in the faith. So she's been talking to me since we've been together. And at first it was too hard. Uh, also, maybe the idea of me praying. For help was too much for me because I was afraid of being let in de- let down. It's interesting. I look back now. I realize that uh, God and Jesus has, has has guided me and protected me and saved me every day. The built bullets going by my head. The RPGs flying this way. Everything, everything was a miracle. Everything is a miracle that, uh, that I'm here. And uh, and now I embrace the faith. Um, because there is no gray area the only gray area is in me and that is what i must work out
0: and and I, and I think that's incredibly profound and i i like uh when it when it gets into the faith talk i think dr peterson does a phenomenal job he and, does uh, and he's directing intelligent traffic,
1: yeah i'm a bit of an intellect brother even though i have no college and such i'm a bit of an intellect and so He was the, he really was the person that was able to articulate to me. And I started framing things a little differently. And now I can't help but see the faith in everything and in everyone. I can't help but see it. It's there.
0: And one of the coolest, and and you articulated it really well with understanding the flag on the beach concept and understanding the boundaries and the gray area is in essence, like you're you're not going to get what you don't aim at. And in that realm, like if you don't have a value system with clear cut boundaries, or even we'll take this even to goals like if yes. you don't really yes. truly aim at a goal of being a great person, of being yes. like somebody of faith, being this disciplined human, then you don't, if you don't have a goal and you don't aim at something, this gray area, it gets really easy because now you don't know if you're winning or losing, you're succeeding or failing. And it's really easy to just drift through the world and get by yes. and do all these things when really, when you have rigid boundaries and a rigid, not a rigid faith, but an understanding of your own faith and value system, now you can, again, move towards the goal. And the goal is obviously personal growth and also um, righteousness to be Christ-like. Righteousness in that and
1: personal, don't forget personal power.
0: Yeah. And and that's where- Personal
1: power. You know, I know a lot of people uh, in this very, it seems in our first world now in the UK and the USA now. Uh, almost a socialist communist and not in the definition. When I used to think communism means everybody cares for each other and takes care of each other. No, um, the, the human experience is not, uh, is not designed in this way. When we look around the grass itself fights the weeds to get to the sun, every animal in nature must predate or run from predators. It is always a struggle to have children in the natural world. Um, this, um, it is apparent that we must struggle and we will, how about this? We will struggle. You don't even got to try to struggle. You will struggle. Um, when we speak about personal power, there's a, there's a narcissism and a hubris that people project that have not garnered personal power themselves. And the other side is those that have made it. Big time, like you said earlier, they now want to hoard it. And and that is a danger. However, that should not deter us from going forward and achieving the personal power. Um, that is how we make more change. I think uh, there was some time in my life where I didn't think I was worthy of that. And maybe because my left and right lateral limits were not clearly defined, uh, it's easy to be lost in the fog, and still, as long as you show up strong and fit and you make a little bit of money and have a hot girlfriend or a freaking, uh, a beautiful ex-wife, people think you're making it no, man that's not it. Um, those are just images and uh, and and if you 're just projecting images to pretend that, uh, that you're somehow that you somehow have personal power. It it's just not real. It's it's false. We must develop our personal power, and I'm not afraid to say it.
0: Yeah, and that's I I think again, obviously that's powerful in and of itself. And <laughs> you, you know, know what it. I'm
1: saying, don't you? Yeah. you really yeah. feel what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, and it's um, it's such it's a fine little line where yeah, you, it's but a like, razor's but, edge. But you also you can't. It's unmistakable. Like mm-hmm. when you see somebody that has the personal power, but but without the hubris or. Yes. And, and that realm where it's, or they understand the relationship between like with suffering where yes, uh, it's probably, it's, I think it's another Jordan, Jordan Peterson line, but like, like you, like you're going to suffer whether you choose to or choose not to do these things That's right. and you have to decide like what poison you're going to drink and, That's right. and in the logical sense of somebody that has a, like a, a faithful flag on the beach or a guiding light or a lighthouse and that kind now, of thing. But- That's the choice to suffer towards being this, again, righteous human, this example and mentor, as opposed to being this hoarding um, hubris led human. And so I think like that, that respect and because like, again, like everything like life is suffering, like you said, the chaos of life. So many times on already, and like I completely see this world as as chaos, and that's why I like Doctor Peterson's approach to sure. to chaos and understanding how to balance that. And so, in essence, like that's why you have to have personal order, or per, and said another way is personal power, and your personal power needs to be capable. And my world, I call it the Killer Monk. So I, I like that you yeah, brought brother. up the shaman Mike, yeah. Like Absolutely. I want to be this person that's capable, and then uh, obviously, like this capability is going to breed comp- confidence and competence in all scenarios where I can always be this. Again, the the suffering for the right reasons, sharing, giving, loving, etc. And I think that's a- always going to be the righteous endeavor and a worthwhile endeavor in life. And it makes the most sense. And I th- I think you embody it really well. Just again, Thanks, with the brother. with the conversations we've had, but it's also. um. Yeah, I just think, it's so uh, I think, I think people need to like think, meditate, journal all these things on yes. their values and get some clarity because a lot of the like perspective in our human experience is so subjective day to day in reacting with the environment where we got to keep track and understand where we got to aim at something. We got to track and know what, like what, what we're on the path in relation to the boundaries we are so that we can adjust the ship accordingly.
1: There's this, you know, there's this, uh, kind of deconstructionalist, uh, uh, postmodernistic approach that's really taken hold in the last hundred years, especially in the last 20, 40 years in this country. And of course in the Europe, um, because, And why? Because we're so successful. We're so successful financially that even our poor or homeless have freaking smartphones. Don't get me started. I have no um, compassion or sympathy for anyone in this country that tells me they're having a hard time of it. I don't care who you are. Um, I've been in too many very difficult places uh, and I've, I've worked with people fighting and struggling for sovereignty and for a school to send their children to. Um, uh, you know, I was just in Vietnam in the jungles and brother, the 50, 60 year old women that are four foot five are still pulling the water buffalo and carrying the rice on their backs. And yet when I saw the little kids zooming around, a little kid so this tiny girl, probably seven years old, had an adult bicycle and she had to freaking wear these big ass shoes to reach the pedals, not even on the seat, her freaking butts on the damn bar. And she's zooming around this bicycle, the happiest child ever. I bet you there's no ADHD out there. They ain't no dang, uh, whatever the heck, brother, those people were so filled with the zest of life just to make a little bit more money. Cause they're starting to break out of some communism and get some, some, um, Uh, um, capitalism. And and financial uh, opportunity uh, leads to education. Education leads to pushing the boundaries of what's capable for the individual outside of survival, and then into a space of thriving. I've been to too many and been a part of too many things uh, to make excuses for anybody. And this strange deconstructionalist attitude in which we want to dismantle and be a naysayer to tried and true uh god-written principles um it's um it's it's folly and it's damaging us uh so uh you know i'm mexican-american and i grew up just hearing a little bit about politics and economics that republicans and um and uh conservatives were evil evil white people that are rich and hold mexicans and blacks and and other races down and that democrats care about people and care about education well i was in a completely welfare freaking oriented society um no personal responsibility my mother and my father had no personal responsibility for us so they just took the welfare and actually they just did drugs or did whatever they wanted to do. Um, And, um, and it was always somebody holding them down. And um, we all have been born with gifts that we did not deserve. And we all um, have pains and traumas that, uh, uh, or uh, we've all have gifts that we did not earn. And we all have pain and trauma that we didn't deserve all of us on this planet. Um, no place in the world is better than the United States of America for any human being that wants to make more of their lives. And, uh, and I just feel compelled to speak about this because I'm seeing so much victimization and this, uh, this, this uh, idea that my personal identity and my emotions, which by the way, changed in and out all the time are or what is most important um, in society and in truth. And that's not the case. Um, my Kung Fu teacher told me a long time ago, uh, whenever I, I punch or kick, I say sa, sa, it means die in Cantonese. Mm. He says, cause emotions, they have energy. He says, but you only use it in your competition because emotions are the most powerful thing uh, people have, but they're the most uncontrollable. So why are we living in a society in which how we feel is the most important thing? Um, When I see now that even our English language and history is being uh, attacked and deconstructed by who have these people that are critique and and um, and naysay naysayers and haters, have these people built a thing? They've not. We, we uh, uh, Brian, think about all those minds and warrior studs that built the idea of football. Like even you know what? Yeah. Think about what these freaking men and their women, you know, uh, 150 years ago, first thinking about it. What it came out of. It came out of wrestling and it came out of track and field. And, and, you know, let's just speaking, let's do a mini combat war utilizing air assets and ground assets against each other. Think of, and, and then, and then think about all the different races of people that kind of put it together. Some didn't speak English. Some were probably Lithuanian and Polish and German, of course. And, and, and 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 then we got these freaking super stud black athletes too. And and they're creating a game, and then they, they're creating not just a game uh for fun and then for strength, and then it goes into college and then the NFL and now this is something created. I have no um I have no patience for anybody that critiques um they need to spend more time creating. Yeah, the man, that, that, the,
0: that the man in the man in the arena concept. Yeah, yeah.
1: people really need to think about that. What have they created? Um, you know, I've, we've both been gifted so much. Yeah. We were born here in America. Um, we were a baseline of education, in which we could read and write by, by five, six, seven years old. A lot of the world, just a uh, hundred years ago, um, two thirds of the population of the world was illiterate. Just a hundred years ago, we were blessed. And then we were given some, some, uh, some Spartan training, uh, we were, uh, had the ability to watch movies with, with Stallone and, um, and we we're like, wow, this is possible. Um, we had the ability to, uh, to work and make enough money to get, um, uh, get our cool new freaking cleats for our training. Um, we had the, we have the environment in which we get to do winter strong and summer strong together. This is incredibly uh, incredible things that have been, uh, built, Pops, when we see Pops, think about him welding in his garage a better freaking strength cage. And now 45 years later, where we're all at, these are things built. And before people criticize, and uh, whether it's on the social justice thing or all of that, um, they need to first look inside and ask themselves, what have I built?
0: And and I and I, the, I mean you said that so beautifully because um, I believe the same thing and just, I I I I try and storytell or I use quotes as my like yeah. logic logic landmarks for people and like because I see hypocrites when I see people that are tearing things down and not building things up and That's so right. I I look at it from the sense that there's two ways to have the tallest building in town you can build yours taller or you can tear everybody else's down well said be a builder yes. and then and then now you start talking. Good. But now you start talking about um the mindset of uh victimization yes. and so, I see that as self-pity when yes. like so like uh, it's it because this bleeds into identity really quickly in the sense that like it's when and we i don't like we coddle this this generation of people because like i i I struggle with um the kids that say the ADHD depressed and like suicide and that kind of thing, we've given them these words and these crutches when we need to give them skills and understanding that you're a human that's going to experience the spectrum. I can, I can experience depression, but I'm not depressed. Like there's a difference you can be with. you. You can be depressed and laugh. You can be like, it's kind of your joy concept where you can be ha- You can be happy and still cry in this yes. whole spectrum of life. We need to, you, like, we need to give these kids so much util, util, utility and tools to combat this as opposed to giving them excuses for self-pity because I see self-pity as in essence, like I, that's a, just an excuse to me because you, like, I haven't been through some of the hardship that you have, but like you could have fallen on self-pity and never done anything that you ever did. And, I'm with I'm and with you and when i he- we have
1: to equip our kids we have to equip equip each other look we yeah. that's why we that it's interesting i mean look at look at um the family of strength i'll just say that you know loosely with our sworn people look at all of us intuitively knowing we need to come together and it's not just the, the steel sharpening steel it is kingship um it is knights of the round table Possibly because we have those uh, pillars in place um, that we set the table on the four pillars. Uh, My four pillars are, uh, of course, physical discipline, um, community, mother nature, and a purpose. Let's go. With those, I can freaking craft a table. We can have dinner on it. We could turn that into a bench. We can bench press. When the storm comes in, we can use it as a shelter. We can do something with that table. When we've all created these tables in our lives so that intuitively we must come together um, because that's what we do it for. It's a very interesting um, coin, personal power, but personal power is used for the collective. Yet, if all you think about is the collective, you'll never uh, gain your personal power. And if all you do is personal power, then you'll forget what you did it for. It is constant touching back and, and uh, testing our identity. And it starts in the training.
0: Yeah. It starts that's, in the training. <laughs> but and that's where if you hold that standard across those four buckets you just talked about, like then now you start talking about true like true balance and i don't think balance exists because like life is so chaotic in that it realm is. We, it's we, combative we,
1: we, life yeah. is combative
0: and and we pursue it and 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 that concept of how you i mean you will in the table analogy like i like isolation is a problem yes. i and i and i think we I, like some people like some people don't even want to take their kids to daycare because of the sickness like you know it's just yeah. like things like that where it's like we need as much tribe as possible and but we also need as much like again personal power in that realm where like i again stupid quotes and analogies and clichés for me is like you build a longer table you don't build like higher fences and well
1: said yeah and, brother and,
0: and yeah, so brother. and that's that makes more logic to me if everybody at the table is again curious and like cuz bert sorn who we've talked we're talking about sornex has cultivated this just incredible culture of humans where how he breaks it down at some of the intros is that like candid and curious are two of like their pillars. And so that you're giving back, you're like, you're giving honest feedback and you're adding value. And like, that's what you want from a tribe. And then like rising tide lifts all ships. So yeah, I'm going to raise my personal power so that I can add more value to the table and the culture. And like that, that philosophy makes sense. And like, so I'm, I've become conscious of the humans that again are at the table or like and I try and be at tables that value these four things Absolutely, as well. Yeah.
1: And interesting. We think about, I mean, uh, it, underlying where are we individually? I mean, I don't, I'm not even thinking about society because, you know, they're on their own trip, but individually, where are we with God and the miracle of life? And, um, the, the cosmic expanse of potential and um, where I, I believe we should ask ourselves these questions every day. And um, when thinking of, of God in the miracle and gift that he gave us individually, that is a gift. How can we not want to share that gift with others? But if the God component is not addressed, no wonder we have the hubris, the selfishness, the addiction. Without the God uh component, um the uh the rivers will not overflow with love. You get yeah, what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, well it's super funny just because I right before we hopped on the podcast, I was talking to my mom for about 45 minutes and uh-huh. um god and church and everything came up with uh christmas going on and all those things yeah. and then it came up that on the podcast i called god a higher power instead of calling him god and professing my belief in god when the the point the point i was trying to make on the podcast previously was that everybody should believe in a higher power and like we shouldn't again we shouldn't uh, in the menu concept of life we shouldn't judge other religions when like again I'm like the certainty the certainty of religion is what creates friction on Earth, and, and in some sense, because they believe yes. so heavily in this. But besides the point, um, the 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 God concept, this this faith, like a byproduct of this, again, this direction in life is, in essence, like a lack of like making yourself the center of the universe. Yes, and because if you and the most powerful the thing you said, because I I believe in it as well, because of this combative universe and world we we do live in consistency in revisiting god and your purpose is paramount because yes. like drift to failure and like so much of our brain is really just built for movement and survival as sure. opposed to like conscious effort towards the spiritual emotional all all these other types of growth cuz really we're in we're a new just...
1: space as a humanity we're in a new space what in the last 100 years um 200 years ago uh, um, only 10, uh, 10% of people, um, um, were fed 90% starvation 200 years ago. We're in a new space in which we must be in that contemplative, uh, place to receive. We must be, this must be the way
0: it has to, it literally has to be because everything in our physiology is built on scarcity. And it's built on survival. And now we're living in a time of abundance, particularly in the United States, where now like we need to understand that we're not just we're not just fighting like the combative nature of life. We're not fighting our other political side. We're not doing all these things. We're fighting our personal power of being this animal where everything in our physiology says stay on the couch, because in the past, like food, water and shelter were very rare. In combination, and our body, and everything in our physiology says rest until the next hunt, fight, or fuck. And gotcha. so, in that, in that gotcha. realm, in that realm, we need to understand we're not fight, we're not fighting just like laziness. We're fighting the physiology of the animal yes. we are. And yes. so now, that's just like a compounding problem. That if people don't have their awareness and their purpose and their gratitude and understanding of that, uh, like choosing so again, the choosing the poison again, sitting on the couch, choosing not to do something is poison choosing to do something and suffer and be healthy and do all these things, also hard, also a version of poison. So we need to, again, consciously, again, pull ourselves into the conscious realm and contemplative realm of modern society today. And yes, I need to revisit my faith constantly. I need to revisit my purpose or an aim at something with value system or this drift of failure occurs, what's out of sight is out of mind. And our survival brain will not acknowledge it because it doesn't matter. Like It's not going to keep me alive, but it's going to, in the contemplative side of consciousness right now, it's going to keep me going in the right direction, mentoring, leading from the front and changing the world. And like, that's where I think this this realm of consciousness is present. Like, and now we have the magic, like this magical fold up box. That's sitting in front of me that lets you talk computer, to... right? Can... Like this,
1: this one computer sent um, Americans to the moon. The, com- the power of just one of these things yeah, is what did it. Whoa. And now yeah. we got them. Now we got, we got supercomputers right here. Yeah. And yet it's interesting. Most people are addicted to freaking, uh, low vibration entertainment and pornography as yeah. opposed to learning a learning a new phrase in a new language every day yeah we could be doing that instead
0: yeah right where, where, where you spend your time is where you see results yes and if it, you sp- go ahead no i just like i i pump this on the podcast all the time like are is and and i i combat myself every day when i choose to turn on netflix or things like that but like is what you're doing mindful or mindless? Is it, well, ser- is it serving your, again, this growth, purpose-filled, righteous person that's growing and chasing edges? Or are you, again, drifting to failure and slop? And I'm and totally
1: I- with you, brother. And, and, and you know, and, I'm in entertainment, by the way. And yeah. I love films and I love stories and, and I'm crazy for it. Michael Mann is my favorite director of all time. And and Heat 2 is now in pre-production for, for a, a, a series and I'm trying to get on it. Um, and I and I still revisit. Uh, Jade and I just watched the the, the new cut of uh, Rocky and Drago. Rocky Four. It's magnificent. I think it's a way. Well, we all need to touch back to our Bible stories and our hero's journey. Yeah. And and that is a way that is spiritually uh, empowering. But to tune out, like you said, into comfort and algorithms that um, that are just making a few people tons of money.
0: Yeah, it's and that's not the right way. It's and that's, uh, what, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Oh, that's where it's not the right way, and I don't want you to lose that thought either. But like, that's one area where I have a lot of respect for you. And know, I was going to touch on it earlier. Is again this consciousness this like again this mindful approach and i like i was trying to get at it earlier with the marathon when cuz you described running the marathon with no training to me the i which again was savage but you you consciously were firing like the right every muscles every foot
1: every footfall yeah every footfall and around mile 20 as soon as hips were out of position cuz i'm always uh, uh, leaning forward poise style method from decades of experience and triathlon and everything, when the fatigue, I allowed the fatigue to shift those hips back a millimeter. Um, a cramp happened in the the calf. So now now uh, I overcommitted a bit, and then the adductors cramp. I in milliseconds, bringing myself right into position. And no matter what the fatigue said. I was going to use my will to stay in proper position and on the balls of the feet the whole time. And I was conscious of every foot and every uh, breath. And, oh, and then I also started notice when I was doing a bit more arm swing right around mile 20, because it was cold, it was wet, started to rain. My bicep started to crack. Bicep, right? I'm like, yeah. okay, right here, be in the slip stream. And in a way, maybe that's an analogy for, living a, a, a purpose-driven, not surface-driven life, being in God's grace. Um, he will let you know it, it, through through um, emotional or psychological cramping. Yeah. <laughs> You're out of the zone. And you mentioned earlier about God and mom, your mom and, and higher power. It's interesting, brother, um, because I fought so uh, heavy against Muslims and I saw such horrible things done, Uh, to humanity through religious extremism, specifically the Muslim religion. I had a real freaking hard time with it after war. However, I was just shooting a new, I have a new television show coming out on History Channel called Military Mysteries. Right after Vietnam, I went right to New York to shoot another 10 days Um, um, because that's what a man does. A man uh, provides and builds personal power. And that's why I took the job. Um, Jade said, "Honey, you're going to be exhausted. Um, you should come home." I said, "Honey, this is the this is the opportunity, and of course I'm taking it. I'm taking it." So uh, New York is a uh, is a cesspool, brother. Um, Jade and I went outside the hotel. Really nice hotel. Nine hundred dollars a night. Right. As we walk outside, some women are coming out of the. Um subway. And they're they look eff well. We're in a part of Brooklyn that's very affluent. They're obese. Um, one of their boobs is kind of hanging out. They're talking as filthy as men sailors, and they had no absolute no respect for themselves. And they're American. And And then I walk around the corner and I take Jay to the bodega that we go to, to get our food cooked and stuff. It's spotlessly clean. We have a Mexican and a Salvadoran that are the chefs behind it. will cook any kind of delicious chow you want 24 hours a day, egg white almonds, freaking a Turkey Reuben sandwiches. You freaking name it brother. And the men that run it, two brothers, um, um, Yemeni Italians, Came here on a green card, working for their uncle for two other stores, scrapped their money together. They both have, are married, once expecting a child. And they are running that thing 24 hours a day. I became so close to these Muslims. They were, they were the most respectful and most God feeling and God fearing Americans I met in all of New York City. You see what I mean? It it helped it helped heal some of that pain I had, and it helped, it helped me open up. And it must have been for a reason. Really amazing. It re- Matter of fact, Jade and I talk about going. So I work in New York now too. We want to go back to the same hotel just so we can be close to the bodega because we want to see our family there. They took care of us for ten days straight. Just amazing. So it. it we must plant a flag in, a, in the sand. We must uh, attack the hill and look for that single focal point. And we'll find when we get there that there's some others that are doing the same. And they may have a different language, or a different, or what they call God is a different name, or they have a, a different nationality, or um, uh, or a different color. But we're of the round table together you get what i mean it's
0: pretty yeah, yeah that's beautiful and that's uh, I, I i've already been taking up too much of your time so we can we can wrap it up there just because <laughs> well it's just uh the, just there's so many little examples in that story one like these again people like just because you have nothing doesn't mean you can't be something like you can be so, you, you can be something from anywhere and these guys did it but you also walked by people that chose the opposite and they chose to be sloppy. They chose yeah. to, they chose to be unconscious and un, and mindless. And so just knowing that freedom, again, that freedom's heavy and sufferings on both ends of that spectrum, but it also, and then like your whole story with the Muslim religion is beautiful. So I just think that's like a really cool summarization of like our entire conversation. Then just la- last quick question, um, best advice you've ever gotten or best advice you can give.
1: Take it personal. Mm.
0: Go, go go a little deeper on it well that.
1: you know in this weird world, you know whether it especially in business, huh hey, don't take it personal, it's just business, it's bullshit. Mm. take it personal, take your limitations and your fears personal so that you can smash through them, take your failures and your frailties personal so you can address them
0: mm.
1: um take. The opportunity, every time you're in a room or on a team or with family, take it personal because you're giving them, um, you should give them everything you got in the best way possible because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Take it
0: personal. You're an absolute stud, dude. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, brother. I love you. Be yeah, We'll too, hang guys. and talk to you soon, brother. Yeah,
0: guaranteed. You're the man.
1: Thanks, brother. I can't yep. wait to share this. This has been a real good one.
0: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Hopefully you're getting some value or at least some entertainment and juice out of it. If you are enjoying the podcast, please don't hesitate to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything you can find. All the support and interaction is greatly appreciated. Thank you for all the support and have a day.